Hey. They call me Rocky Rose over the Viking stove. I'm icy cold like a pig lid pirate, dope in the pirates. Soon as I cut the pilot on, time to turn up the temp. 600 degrees like that dread here from Holly Grove. Went from performing in kitchens, ladder, rocking shows. Copping from the Coney, now we swapping all that Papa Dose. 30 in the morning, grinning with a snotty nose. Big 40 on me, I'm the wrong nigga to pick on. Heard they tipping on me, must have heard I got them bricks gone. Worth a turning foreman, had to dump all of my flip Cup full of poison, I'm the real Jim Jones Me and Finn still on the hell in the fire and brimstone Jeans reeking kerosene from the space Heat a ball cap, waist lift mink and some Tim's on Oh with these bullshit Balenciaga play sneakers Thuggin' in the jacks, half a milli worth of gems on Cause when the going get tough, pick up and hit the road Who the fuck can I trust, who can I depend on? Bad bitch strapped down with a brick in her head Her ass looking saggy like she got the pins on had to make sure it was that before we sent the work Just pray the Lord we make it back, can't risk me getting searched And if you try to double back before we flip the merch Just put a little in the baggy, little in the purse the man's got you bagging up, it could be worse Just put a little in the bag, put a little in the purse Alright, well we're back, Quentin, and this week we are male, male tier um, I don't get it, I don't get the name, I don't get what it means Am I just dumb? Why it? Why are Natsapoy and Tam called Meltier? Meltier? Is it Meltier? Maybe, honestly, like, I just haven't cared enough to just to just look into it with, with most of these group names or tag team names to start them. I just, yeah. I just, I just go with it. Uh, sure. Isn't like Momo Watanabe's heel nickname, like Black Peach or something? So I just, sure, I, just sure. I just I just, yeah. just kind of I just kind of go with it. Yeah, there's like um M- my fair lady is obviously pretty easy to get. Um mm. you know, right. Karate Brave, kind of lazy name I think, but what do you expect from Shuri? Um yeah, but yeah, some of them. We love Tokyo Sports. I like that. That's a funny one, right? Obviously. Um but yeah, some of them it's like I don't I don't get it. Wing Gore. I'm like, is that are they really referencing <laughs> Winger like the wrestler? That's fucking weird. BMI 2000's pretty funny, but you know whatever. Like yeah, there's some there's some there's some weird ones in there that I don't get. Um either way, uh <laughs> I guess we're going to get into some wrestling. Quentin, you claimed that these New Japan new or do you want to talk about news stuff whatever? What do you want to do? I don't know what's going on at this point. Uh this show is starting off the rails. That's it, officially. <laughs> For anyone listening, this episode of the podcast is starting already off the rails. We're not going to get go off the rails. Yeah, yeah I'm, go ahead. I'm not going to lie to anyone listening here. I'm really not in a wrestling mood just because this black Hebrew Israelite shit is really fucking getting to me. And I... I Dude, it's it's just it's just fucking hard, man. It's so fucking sure. hard to deal with and keep reading and seeing all this shit. And I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't ask you this as a white guy, but, but like, where did like this has to come from? Like this place of being ashamed of slavery, right? This. Everything from like, like on on yes. some on, on some level like from the we from the we were kings look at yes. Egypt 
to we were the original Native Amer- we were the original Native Americans, we're the Aborigines, whatever the fuck, and using pictures of random people unsighted, unsighted. Vladimir Lenin. And I like saying, that one. I- listen, they say they said Lenin was black. Yes, there's a picture of Vladimir Lenin. They're like, look at this. Obviously, this is a strong melanated brother. And then um, they colorize the picture to having Lenin black, and it's like Jesus Christ. They they do that shit with a bunch of different things: black samurais, black Russians, a whole bunch of stuff. They just it's a it's a lot. And ultimately, it comes from this place of I think being ashamed of the fact that us as uh, black people, part of the diaspora, were enslaved and whatever capacities we were all we were, we were we were enslaved in but the reasoning behind certain things just boggles my mind because just with a little bit of thing a little bit of critical thinking all of it would just <laughs> christianity started in the same fucking place that judaism did right it started in the exact same fucking place so this desire to feel so connected and and feel like that Judaism belongs to black people and that like people think like there's black people think that Christianity and Muslim and Islam led them astray. And I don't know, maybe you can correct me, but if Christianity started in pretty much the same place in which Judaism did, the whole the whole that holy land, that bed of that bed of land, maybe not exactly Egypt, but somewhere in that in that Jerusalem area, that West Asia is closer to any to countries in Africa than countries in Europe. Any way you put it, right? Any way, any way you put it, it's closer to Africa. So naturally, wouldn't be wouldn't it just make sense to suggest, even if you weren't the most uh, hardened or adam or adamant reader of books, right? Wouldn't it be reasonable to suggest that since it's closer to Africa, that maybe Christianity migrated over to parts of Africa first before it touched Europe? Not saying that there, not saying that that Christianity was a was the predominant religion in a bunch of countries, but it would make sense to think that Christianity touched Africa first. And of course, when the Europe when the European settlers and colonialists went over to went over to Africa and Put them and started making uh their footholds in the in the slave trade, yeah. Christianity did spread, but it's Christianity more than likely was in Africa first, was in countries and parts of Africa first before it touched any part of Europe. So it is the strangest thing into in the world to me to see these people that are so adamant, so hell bent on that. Judaism belongs to them and that we are racing a part of the history and I get it. Yes, if you just think if you think about it, if they're in e- if they're in Egypt and the geographical conditions at that point in time, yes, anyone with a ra- with the with, with the rational thinking brain doesn't think that Jesus or whoever was out there was white, that they were more than likely tan and had darker or darker, more melanated complexions. We get it. But this attachment to the idea of being the original Jews and that Judaism is something that got taken from us and things like that. Just it's so fucking weird because you can poke holes in it in so many different in so many different ways. 
but we we're so attached to this shit, and I don't understand why. I mean, it is it's a it's an outgrowth of of like you said, it's it's not just shame about slavery, but it's the it's losing your connection to your heritage. It's basically accepting and like swallowing hook, line, and sinker the what's fed to you as the narrative. And basically it's rather than rejecting the, you know, what the, you know, the, the victors write the history kind of thing and the, the European story of the uncivilized, you know, dark continent and the people who had no history and had no, you know, had no, uh, no, no, no civilization of any kind in, in throughout Africa. It's like accepting that narrative, rejecting it, like you said, out of basically being embarrassed and saying, well, actually, instead of saying like, no, none of that's true. And there's actually a rich history of of African culture that it does exist. You go, no, no, no. All that stuff that you guys said is yours. Not it's mine. It's just it's rather than adopting an understanding that it's it, it's made up like the story and the way that the history is told is a lie. Yes. But the lie is not actually it was just all black people. The lie is that there's a totally different history and and the history is there. You can look it up and find a rich tradition of culture throughout Africa for decades that was destroyed, pillaged and, you know, colonized by the Europeans and Americans and, you know, Asian, everyone, tons of countries did it. And yes, everyone could go, well, Irish were the first slaves. And then actually, no, wait, there's tons of slaves before that. And actually historic shit goes up and down. At one point, the Danish empire was the, you know, was the British empire at one point, you know, the uh, tons of different people were who was actually in charge of everything and things ebb and flow and change. And it's not like culturally, you know, you are always been at the bottom, whatever race has always been at the bottom, things change and move. But yeah, like there's a strong history. And as you talked about that, it's like they act as if there's no culture and there's no history and there's no connection to the tribes throughout Africa, right? Oh, like I said, just there's no, there's nothing there. The, the, no... the only, the only cool ones that it's like cool to claim is Egypt and sometimes Ethiopia. That's it. Right. But otherwise, every it's Egypt because of the god, because of the gaudiness and the garb and the fact that Egypt has been so romanticized to the point where it's been fetishized by the British Museum and other museums exactly. all across, like. All across the world, like to the point, like Egypt has been fetishized to the point where I think it's even affected us, and we fetishize and romanticize Egyptian culture as to where again there is a real history of maybe not, maybe not, maybe not as advanced technologically, but systems and hierarchies that existed within Africa that traded with each other, that collect, that collect, that collect, that collaborated with each other and coexisted. But long, like long before, uh, long before Europeans even introduced the introduced themselves, this, yeah. like this, this all, this all existed. So this obsession with Egypt is, dude. I, 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 honestly, it is such right. a fucking it is such a frustrating thing. It is so beyond frustrating because there are so many countries in Africa. Africa is so big and vast and if you're not if you're not a racist incel fucking alt-right weirdo most people can most people rational people can be will be fine with the fact that 
Africa is the cradle of civilization. Africa is where human where humanity first started to develop. Okay, cool. We, we're fine. Everyone's fine with that. Everyone's right. fine with it. Everyone. Everyone accepts that. Yeah. Like it's just a we keep fucking going with this. We keep going and going and going and going and going with this. And it's so so non so nonsensical. We're all all of us are from fucking Egypt. Really? Yeah. I Everyone's. Mean- Everyone from fucking Egypt, like, like everyone that's black has is entitled to, or uh, entitled to learn the history of Judaism in Egypt because we're the real we're the real Hebrews. What now? Suddenly we're all from Egypt. Like what? <laughs> yeah. Like, this is basically what you're saying when you say that. Is that even like if you buy if you buy into this, all of us are from Egypt. Come come fuck on, man. Right. It's it's so clear that there's tons of things that have been lost, intentionally destroyed and intentionally obscured through the history books to where, yeah, like the cradle of civilization, like they say, the Middle East, which includes like Egypt and that area, like that's just the history that's still around. That's just the history that they push, the narrative that they tell you. How could anyone who sees the way that humanity works and the way that the world truly is believe that, like you said, so much of this shit all happened to come from that same place? It's just again, it goes back to like the 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 victors, the spoils, or the, the history is written by the victors kind of thing. Like yep. what about Shinto? What about like the long historical history of religions and spirituality from the Far East? But that's not really talked about in American culture, but that shit has existed for longer. Influential. Or all the religions and traditions from all the different African African tribes and nations before yeah. before 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 colonialism, and everything that got lost since then, and like the little and the little remnant remnants we have being like ba- like being ba- being bastardized and obscured. But again, let's just focus on fucking Ju- Judy- Judaism so much. Like let's just take this so like. Oh my God. <laughs> well, and to be fair, it's probably right. It's probably true that there was more dark-skinned people in these situations that are not talked about and are kind of covered up. Yeah. Because colorism is not a new concept. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned Egypt. Like, there is, there's a long history of Nubian pharaohs, even. And, like, Egyptian rule being ruled by black-skinned people. And you don't really, they don't really talk about it that way. Right? But it is true. It is mm-hmm. a true thing that happened. But there's also tons of, like you said, the history of all of Africa. So, sure. I mean, yes. Like, you can say in the same way that you say humanity started in Africa, you can say that the the original Jewish people, there were probably a lot darker than what you think of now. A lot more, you know, that's like Sephardic and there's the, and and they probably were they would appear more like what you think like a, a black person looks like today. That doesn't change anything about anything. And it shouldn't have mattered to where people kind of cover it up or don't talk about it or don't think about it or confuse themselves into thinking that it means something different because skin tone is absolutely minor on the the like the hierarchy of importance. When you look at things at a genetic level, when they actually like break down DNA and like genetic traits and everything, skin tone is very low on the level of actually showing connections like through people's development, right? So people can have wildly different skin tones 
but be more closely related genetically than people who have similar colored skin tones. That shit does not matter. And it's just insane to get caught up and hung up on that to where, like you said, like you, you live your entire life focusing on that part of it. And it's, it's the most fucking surface level thing. And obviously Kanye is the catalyst of this. And of course he's the one who cares the most about that because he's the most vain and fucking petty person in the world. And that's the stuff that he cares about. That's why he's amazing at, art that's very superficial that's why he's good at fashion that's why he's good at you know the kind of rap music that he does that is popular hits this is the stuff that people care about when they don't want to get any deeper than skin deep and that's why he's focused on the skin tone of saying black people are actually jewish it's like yes sure plenty of black people have actually been jewish in the history of man that doesn't change what being jewish means and what being black means like dude like i said Christianity, Christianity, Judaism, and Islam started in relatively the same place. Why are we so obsessed with the? Why are we so obsessed with one of these? And I get it. It's like it goes along with the hit, like to I guess to keep going on with like the how long black people have been suffering. We've been suffering ever since we were Jewish, or or we were or, or we were the Jews, I guess. And going through and going and go and looking at it from that perspective to show how long we've been persecuted. I don't know where this comes from, but I will see people honestly say, or like that fucking documentary link that uh that 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 Kyrie the Kyrie Irving posted said some said some shit about Christianity and Islam. And I'm like, dude, what makes you, what makes you think that? If it came from the same place, why are you so adamant that this is all your? If it's just as fucking African as Judaism is at that point, <laughs> it's just as black as Judaism is at that point because right. it more than likely touched Africa first. So what is it with? <sighs> it, has, it has to be the. It has to be like at some point, kind of like romanticizing like the written and the written history of suffering of the Jewish people at that time, right? It ha- it, ha- it has to be. Because why else do why else does this keep yeah. happening? I mean, yeah, like I say, I, I think it is just saying like it's taking what you see, just what you see, just what you said, and believing it, but just wanting to claim it as your own instead of realizing that no, like they're just lying to you. It's a lie. That story is a lie and completely a lie. Not like, oh, it's just a lie because it's not them, it's me. You know what I mean? It's like it's it's watching the TV and like, I don't know. I don't know who's like watching Superman. I don't fucking know what's popular anymore. It's watching Black Adam and being like, actually, uh, that guy on the screen is not the superhero. That's actually me. You're actually that's actually me. That's not uh, Dwayne Johnson in the in the thing. That I'm That's actually me. I'm the guy. And it's just like, no, man, like the whole thing is a is fucking fake. Like none of it's real. It's a fake story. And you've got your own history and your own story. And for of all people to be so focused on it, to be these like insanely successful people, it just goes to show how fucking, I don't know how to put it, but just how hollow our society is to the point where like, even the people who they, even the people that they show you as the pillars of success are so vacuous and empty and not truthfully happy and not truthfully successful in the real sense of it, which means not money, but which means like connections, which means like spiritually healthy. You know what I mean? Which means like having support of people that you care about, 
they're so hollow and empty and they don't have true success that they are like, yeah, they're like, they're still yearning for a narrative that makes them feel like an important person. And we're all seeing that the world is falling apart and none of us can do anything about it, you know, and we're all frayed at the edges. And sure, there's a bunch of people who have, you know, billions of dollars, but even they're busy buying Twitter and focusing on the stupidest, most superficial bullshit because no one's fucking happy because we've allowed basically this insane algorithm that destroys and eats and, and kills human connections to just run our entire planet. And everyone's fucking miserable. Everyone is miserable. And that's why someone who's at the pinnacle of success is out here looking for some kind of connection and meaning to make themselves feel like their life and their purpose, like there's something to them other than this bullshit that we have right now. It's it frustrates me when like our quote unquote leadership as black people, and I'm not referring to black people as like a monolith here, because some people will refer to Candace Owens or or fucking Herschel Walker or uh Umar Johnson as leadership, but just prominent figures and people that are followed and listened to within black within black spaces like Killer Mike and Kyrie Irving and Kanye West. And as far as I know, Killer Mike has not said anything to, you know, like Kyrie, like Kyrie or Kanye has. Killer Mike is a different kind of stupid one that's like, for right. the most part to me, is acceptable. Right. Like, but like, they're the type of people where their sociopolitical quote unquote education stops at black Hebrews and black buying power. That's where it begin. That's where that's where it begins and ends. There is no further evolution. There is no further developing. There is no further trying to learn anymore. That is just it. And because they kept because they got patted on the fucking back and called smart and and, and people thought of them as the intellectuals of the spaces they were in. And Kanye's case being called a genius. And Kyrie's and Kyrie's case being an NBA player and. Being so, being so, being so well spoken, and the things that he cares about gave him gave him the leeway to do the stuff that he does now. Killer Mike being one of the few fr- closer to mainstream rappers that are that are extra overtly political gave you know gave gave him a voice in that space. But they're the type of people where they they don't feel the need to develop anymore with how they think at all. They don't feel the need to because they think that they're smarter than everyone because we told them they were basically we told them they were smarter than (laughs) they were smarter than everybody so now when people that might be more educated a little bit more well-versed on subjects might be might be able to give any pushback or dissent or dissenting opinion they just put their they just put their fingers they just put their fingers in their ears and go la 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 and just don't listen to what anyone else is saying because they don't feel the need to because we patted them on the fucking back and made them think that they were smarter than they actually were and they don't have to do any more growing or learning or anything like that because they know everything they have the answers that's like that's what that's the kind of leadership or info or influencers in these spaces that we have that we have now and again i'm not for putting any celebrity on a pedestal to be the face to be the face of to be the face of a revolution but that's why someone like a no-name is rare in today's rare in this today's space because when she got called out 
for praising black capitalism, she went and fucking read. She went and she went and read. She went and did her research and came back and was like, you know what? I didn't know what I was talking about. You guys were right. I want to I want to help people learn what I learned. And I'm going to go start a book and I'm going to go start a book club. And the book club evolves into sending reading materials to people, people in prison and and other and other and other initiatives and inform and information spreading and just general awareness that's ha- that's happened. And someone like that's fucking rare because you saw you have so you have someone like her that gets still gets fucking criticized and maybe sometimes rightfully right rightfully so, but most of the times it's anti-black colorist misog- misogynist shit in which is in which is critiquing her. But people but men like Killer Mike. Kanye and Kyrie because sit there and have no desire to evolve politically, socially, listen to anyone that might have any more uh information or knowledge, and they just sit there and watch and watch their YouTube clips and not read books like Kanye's admitted to, and go down conspiracy theory rabbit holes. And they're gonna be the ones that are that are, I guess on the front lines of being the people that are uh you know, I guess closest to being our representatives. That's it. Shit is frustrating as hell. It's in in just seeing it, and then eventually kind of getting the getting the people that are now swinging towards the side side of, hmm, well, were Kanye or Kyrie actually wrong? Like it's, it's I yeah, I I, I just it's yeah, I'm, I'm frustrated. I get you. I get you. It's tough because I I feel bad because you know. I mean, if people know, I've been online for way too fucking long. I've been into this shit for way too fucking long. I used to do, you know, podcasts where I like to interview people. I talk so much about how much I like talk radio, how much I like conspiracy theory bullshit, how much I was into all that stuff. And I was into it pretty early on, you know, and maybe playing around with that stuff and joking about it and bringing it and exposing it and talking about, you know, not me, not just me, but me and the kind of people that are like me people that were on 4chan you know t- fucking god i don't even want to say like you know two decades ago in that range you know what i mean like like joking around about this shit and like that it's 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 pandora's box and it's dangerous for people who don't have the same level of like understanding and grasping it to like not actually take the shit seriously and actually get into it for real and like talk about it and then I haven't thought about it because I think I said it even on the podcast, like, oh, I miss like what woke used to mean. And I've heard some other people make like the same joke. I miss the old woke and not the new woke. And Kanye was is really trying to bring back the old woke. Like I was thinking about I think it was like one of the first season of Atlanta where they use it in the old way that it means where they were like saying something about like, oh, that's made up. And uh, I think, uh, oh, God, I can't even think of his name. But uh, the Lakeith, uh, Lakeith's character is like everything's made up. Stay serious. Darius yeah like Darius is everything's made up right and it's like damn like when you think of, like that's the old woke you know that shit's like coming back which is just being completely ignorant but having like this tinge of Man, being able to say yeah, like you're fucking totally right like that literally just yeah. what, like being like everything is a lie man like that was the oh man this guy this guy really knows what yeah. he's talking about this guy really gets it he gets <laughs> that like all you have to do is say actually not uh and then you're right you're always right because like kind of everything is not uh yeah, it's just 
it's fucking brutal. And like I said, I feel bad because you kind of I feel kind of like connected to the the, the culture of the people who open this Pandora's box where you do get these people who put that out there and then it continues to expose more people now are, are probably going to somewhat be like, yeah, like you said, maybe it, it's Kanye, he's not wrong. But how many people are like into it as a joke? Like is Dr. Omar, I don't even know like Dr. Omar, like what the fuck his deal is like. I think he's legit, but he feels like it's a fucking scam. You know, like I, I don't even fucking know. Uh, you got the what is it like? Is it Uncle Hotep or Hotep Jesus? Like all those guys. Uh-huh. I'm just like I could, I can't even 100 percent like delineate how much of it's a fucking troll, how much of it is legit, and yeah, and but you said it when we started this out because I know that part of the conversation is happening with with Kanye. People have been referencing it, and it feels like the nomenclature has changed, but like. People saying black Hebrew Israelites. I feel like I've always just heard black Israelites or like NOI, like nomenclature. It's weird to me that people have been adding in like Hebrew, but I guess that's just because of the fact that that Kanye keeps really pushing this whole Jew thing. And I don't know if you heard that where he was like saying the difference between like as a black man, I am Jew, but like the people that are now they're Jewish. He legitimately said that, like that specific line, which is like so fucking cheesy. That's like a dad joke. Like, oh, they're not Jew. They're Jewish. You know, like, what the fuck, man? Like, what are you talking about? This stuff is insane. Oh, my God. <laughs> but yes, Quentin, I know. And then I know the Kari stuff, like Kari, like I'm talking about fucking a, a Joshi wrestler, uh, the Kari Irving thing. Like, Kari I know that there's a lot there. And, and he's been fucking just insane the whole time. But like, Hasn't there been a thing with the, the he's like on the spectrum? Has that been like out there before? Oh, <laughs> I've never heard this. So <laughs> I thought I heard this that like he's diagnosed, but maybe I made that up. I don't. Even oh know. man, I don't. I don't know about that. <laughs> okay, so I won't speculate that that's anything. But this guy is fucking. It, it seems like any dumbass idea that comes across his docket, he's willing to give it a listen. Which is just like those Dude. kind of people just aren't supposed to be i guess listened to and that's another part of like the problem with the internet and social media and this and that and you know like <laughs> you know i'm not saying shut up and dribble but i am kind of like jesus like you know like you're a basketball player i really don't need your opinion on everything else and that's not to say just like basketball players but a lot of celebrities used to stay in their lane even like famous hollywood actresses you know like marilyn monroe like there's a couple quotes that people like to use to point out to like, oh, how deep she was. But overall, she was actually really stupid. Andy Warhol has a couple of good quotes. But for all intents and purposes, I heard recently from someone like saying like, oh, yeah, in real life, he was just like a, a blatant capitalist who would work him, himself to the bone. And all he cared about was making money and had a lot of really weird hangups that are like clearly not as cool as you want to perceive him to be as bohemian. You know what I mean? Like, and then, and then, you, artistic and, and, then and then like, if you even really wanted to get into like someone that was perceived as, um, I guess, um, progressive at the time, like, like, like getting into like John Lennon and how he actually was. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And then he beat his wife and then he cheated on his wife and had multiple affairs. And yeah. And, and, on top of that, the stuff that him and Yoko even just publicly said, those two yes. had no fucking idea. They were so hopped up on their own fucking farts and drugs that they thought like that they they were basically like doing come town bits, the level of like unironic like unironically being ironically racist and shit. Like, you know, you know what I'm talking about. Women is the N-word of the world. Yeah, like they, that they, shit they, is they, like, what yeah, the they, fuck? Yeah. Like, tell me it, that they wouldn't come up with it, that it, on it a Nazi like, podcast. And it, it's like, it is like, what the, f- like, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. 
Dude, I, I mean, I guess it's like grabbing at straws at Massage Noir or something. I don't even know what the fuck it's supposed to mean, but it's crazy. Yeah, but again, it goes against the whole point. Like, do you like? Do you, are are you not understanding that black people like it's not just America that hates black people, right? Like, do you, like? But again, yeah. I feel like at that point in time, just like it probably isn't understood very understood now that again, slavery existed, colorism existed. Racism existed in other pl- in places other than America, so when they say shit like that, it's like, uh, like I don't think you guys really know how the how the slave trade happened or worked. If you say stuff like this, or the constant pill- pillaging and taking over and, and robbing of resources of Africa worked. If you say stuff like this, but again. This like if John Lennon is saying that in fucking 1960 something, it's the same shit now where people say whatever and don't actually know how thing how thing how things went there. No, and Kyrie like, and I don't want to venture off into like shut up shut up and dribble territory, but it's just in general as a person. If you don't know what the fuck you're talking about, then you should then you should be then you should. If you don't want to shut up, then just be open to to um, to the idea that you might not know as much as you think. Just be open to the idea that you might not know as much as you think you know about something. Especially if you're getting this level of pushback from certain people that maybe most of the time would be inclined to want to agree or sympathize with a Kyrie Irving. If you're Kyrie Irving and the people that that are like that are sitting there supporting you are fucking Tucker Carlson, Steven Crowder type of people, then I would feel like, and maybe that's just me, that if those are the people that the type of people that are agreeing with me, that I should revisit my opinions. I don't know, I don't know if that's just me, but if that's the if that's the people that are applauding and giving and patting me on the back for my opinions and for my takes, then I'd be like, hey, man, you know what? I think I'm wrong here. Well, I mean, Chase the, Rapper had, yeah. Chase the Rapper had a moment like this on Twitter when, do you remember when Terry Crews was having his fucking misogynistic oh, yeah, meltdowns yeah. and shit on Twitter, and Chance the Rapper said something and Terry Crews agreed with him, and Chance was like, Terry Crews agreed with me, my bad. <laughs> if, yeah, like, exactly. If, 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 if that's who's agreeing with me, then I see I was wrong here. And they they just don't possess the capability of doing that. Kanye Kanye especially sees them being quote unquote nice to him, and right. wants to go talk to these people that don't give a single fuck about Kanye West. Just care about his reach. Just care about just care about his fame. Just care about what he could do for their brands or for their ratings. Don't care about anything about Kanye West's music, his legacy to rap music, his struggles in the fashion industry. Don't give a fuck about any of that. But he wants to be around these people so goddamn bad. And Kyrie just refuses to listen to anybody. Kanye is Kanye is whatever. Like we've understood Kanye to be, even if it wasn't to the same like reactionary conservative shit that it is now, Kanye's always been come across as a guy like that. Kyrie is just like, dude, man, like you just don't want to fucking listen to anyone, do you? So I don't know. My point there is it's okay to maybe not know as much as you think. And that's why you 
listen to podcasts, listen, you know, read a read a book, do whatever and gain and gain knowledge on a subject. But there's a reason why a works cited page exists in a book. Yeah. Why things like that exist in articles and essays and think pieces or whatever that usually there is some sort of work cited so you can go back and double check whatever information is there for yourself just as easily as you may think that people are hiding the truth from you about your truth like about the truth of your origins and where your people come from they can take images and pictures out of context and say hey this is someone that would that's here's here's a picture of uh um of uh aboriginal aboriginal person from america in blank and whatever in whatever blank year and they could take that picture from somewhere else if if, if you're gonna apply all this critical thinking to they're lying to me then maybe the other alternative could also be kind of you know spicing up their information fabricating a little bit to make their to make their points so, and I know it's kind of hard to ask people to do this, but maybe once in a while, check the works cited page, maybe, yeah, right. because that is how we get to places like this, where they take whatever they saw in a book or a YouTube video as fact. And now we're going to, I'm now going to have fucking Dane Calloway videos all over Twitter because these people just don't know how to fucking check a works cited page. Well, yeah, it's it's like you have to understand that just because we talked about it, you question the the narrative. Just because you question the mainstream narrative doesn't mean that the inverse is automatically true, and that's like where people get caught up. Like you have to understand that just because you don't automatically assume that what you're told is correct, that does not mean that then whatever is the opposite of what you're told is is correct. It still means that you just don't know what what it is out there, but. One thing I thought about as you're talking about that was I don't know if you remember this, but it was kind of swirling around in the in the like mid-level ether right above like the Pepe verse, you know, the, the kind of a slightly more mainstream where people kept talking about the vibe shift, the vibe change, that there was clearly something going on. People were talking about feral summer, I think, last year, like the whole the that whole thing. And this is kind of it coming to a head it's the epitome of that meme where it's the the dr manhattan you know and the person's asking source and dr manhattan like dematerializes the person and says i made it up like that entire ethos this is it this is it coming home to roost this is the 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 dark enlightenment as they call it this is the the new dark dark age of people not believing facts not believing reality not believing truth but going purely on their gut instinct and their gut level and just buying into what they see. And it's why you get blatant hucksters like Elon Musk, who I've already referenced again, you know, multiple times, but he's co constantly on the news where there's plenty of people who, who truly believe that he's the richest genius in the world. Then you've got like, I don't know if you follow, you know, Curtis Yarvin, Menchus Molebug, this guy, but like I heard him on an interview recently and people talk about that he's so intelligent, but then he writes this fucking Substack article where he's basically referring to people as like hobbits and elves and dark elves. And it's some of the most asinine nerd bullshit I've ever heard. And then I hear him on the interview and he's got one rhetorical turn of phrase that he uses as his his kind of way to cover up for the fact that he really comes across like a very dumb individual, but tries to pretend like he's super well-read, which is all he does is every time he wants to make any kind of reference or talk about some kind of site, he acts as if everything that he's citing is beneath him. 
and he does the same joke basically over and over again, which is like, he's like, oh yes, that's a, uh, that's a reference to a, 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 you know, a small philosopher. Yeah. Maybe you've heard of him, uh, Osama bin Laden. And it's like a joke where it's like, yeah, of course everybody knows this person, but when that's the only references you ever make is this, of course, everybody knows this guy. Then I don't believe you truly have a deep well of knowledge. Cause all you do is reference the same bullshit that everybody knows, but pretend like, oh, this is beneath me, but you never have the higher references. And it's just like Elon Musk. This guy's actually a billionaire on paper. This guy's actually a successful genius. He's actually created absolutely nothing. But because people have the gut instinct of like, yeah, it feels like that's right. They just go with it. This is the this is the vibe change. It's coming to a head. So Kanye West being like, yeah, it feels like this stuff that I'm saying is correct. Kyrie Irving being like, yeah, you know what? This stuff that I'm hearing, it sounds right. It feels right. And they just go with it and believe it. And that's where we're at now. And it's like, I don't know. It's, it's really fucking weird. But we'll see how mainstream it continues to push on because it feels like it's basically just going to get adopted by everyone and this is where dude, we're fucking, at. Dude, there's a reason why NBA players haven't been coming out condemning Kyrie Irving. I'll say that. Right. There's yeah. a there's That's a reason. True. There's a reason why. Because a lot of them probably agree. And if you're going through looking for people, you can already find a couple. Uh, Jalen Brown, my favorite team of Boston Celtics. He was a guy that, uh, you know, didn't say much, but as far as I know, he wasn't vaccinated for most of the season. And speaking of his status, gave the cryptic, my choice, whatever type of answers. And he was signed to Donda Sports, you know, even after everything Kanye did in the last few years, if we're, we're ranging from slavery was a choice. Harriet Tubman didn't free the slaves. All the Planned Parenthood, all the Planned Parenthood shit, uh, and just all the general stuff that Kanye has done in his life and career. Jalen Brown still signed with Donda Sports, so that guy is probably going to be president of the NBA Players Players Association one day. And I can tell you, he doesn't disagree with anything Kyrie's saying. He just has a team smart enough to tell him, yo, you shut the fuck up. We know you. We know what you probably want to say. Like, just shut up. So, honestly, because as we were doing this, uh, Nike just suspended Kyrie Irving's deal. So, now that that's happening, I'm expecting, I'm honestly going to be expecting players to start rallying around Kyrie Irving. Because, as much as of because as much of a well de, well deserved um uh, well deserved scrutiny he's getting from a lot of people right now, he's w- actually one of the most well liked players in the league, and has been in the league since 2011. A bunch of pe- a bunch of people grew up watching Kyrie. He had one has one of the most popular shoes in basketball over this over over this frame of time. People are gonna start rallying around Kyrie Irving. And oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, it's it's it's, yeah. it's, gonna, it's yeah, that's gonna yeah, you're probably that's right. good. That's good. That's good. That's so that's good. So don't don't be shocked when you see that. Um, to move on from that for a second, like I, I told you, I really wasn't in a wrestling mood today, and I promise we'll get to wrestling. And you might hey. not even care to care too much about this topic, but like, I I don't understand people that think 
Magda Stallion's response to her getting shot by a oh, man God. should be, and, and people talking about it on songs, should be to diss them back on a song. Like, I don't know why, pe- like, this is like, so, like, fucking two years later, people are still kind of doing this. I don't know why people think, like, keep kind of equate the Tory and Meg situation to being like a rat beef. I, I don't, I don't know if you've really seen this or been aware of this over the last couple of years, but yeah, that's how, that's some, how some people that's, that's how some people treat that situation, as if this is just rival guys in a rat beef, and it, it's yeah. it's not. It's 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 really it's really not. Part of me wonders if it's just because a gun is uh, if it's just because a gun in, gun is involved. Part of me wonders if it's just if it's because Meg was again using quotes here only shot in the foot. So so I don't know where it comes from, but I've always felt like hey, if Tori would have just God forbid just beat the shit out of her, this conversation probably doesn't happen. The, right. All this all this conversation and dialogue around it doesn't happen but because it involved a gun it feels it feels like it's taking this turn into rat beef territory to some people which i don't really get because that's not a rap situation and has nothing to do with rap and it's more along the lines of, of assault and, and maybe and maybe maybe domestic abuse than a rat beef and for the most popular rapper in the world to get on his album as a 36 year old grown fucking man and like just use out use the time to call her a liar basically <laughs> about what happened like like drake like like he's a he's a 36 year old man like i don't like i don't understand why this is even something that you'd put on your album or you'd even want to say has nothing to do with you in the first place. Yeah. And, like, and you're just out here calling this woman, calling this woman a liar on your album in, in people's response to her about being upset about it is well, she can go rap about it too. What do you mean? She got fucking shot. What do you mean? Go rap about it. This isn't <sighs> rival gangs. This isn't fucking. <sighs> Jesus Christ! This is like I don't like or, or like or like rap crews. Like I don't know what they think is going on here. This is not a rap situation. In well, I'm sorry. Continue. Go ahead. Go, no, go ahead. Well, I was gonna say it's just to me. It feels like it's it's playing boys club and it's doing bravado and it's basically being like, if you were a man, you would rap about this like like other rappers have done songs about getting shot right or made that part of their whole character but it's also like they did it on their terms right and no one pushed them into it really most people like yeah talk about that stuff on their own time but it is kind of playing boys club and being like oh you're a woman so you're playing victim instead of like just rapping about it like all the tough guys would and it's like that's not how art works, really. You don't dictate to people what parts of their real life they want to expose, you know? And there's so many rappers, especially talk about fucking Drake. I mean, if there's any rapper who should understand that you try to, like, 
you know, you very much critique which parts of your real life you put out there in the public for your persona. Um, yeah, it's it's pretty fucking wild for him to be doing that. But yeah, it definitely very much feels that way where it's it's kind of it's that bravado and it's being like, oh, if you were a dude, you would just move on and rap about it, you know. Oh, uh, and then and then like it wasn't like and then he has a so Drake dated Serena Williams for a little bit, like ten years ago. And sure, actually, why not? actually had a whole beef with Common about this. And now, ten years later, called Serena Williams' husband a groupie on this album. It, I, just, huh, dude? I don't know what the fuck is going on. This is some of the strangest behavior I can recall from someone who's the biggest rapper in the world. Yeah, this is absolutely fucking strange. Like. Straight, like straight up, it is so goddamn strange at th- that at this point in his career, that's what he that's what he's doing. Like, I don't know if this is like a shock, but I don't know where this is coming from. I don't know, but if the yeah. Meg thing, if the Meg thing wasn't weird enough, he's bringing up a woman he dated ten years ago and calling her husband a groupie. It's like, obviously it's what a the pivot. Fuck is going on? You know what it is? It's that I think you talked about how old he is. I think that he's kind of turned into, I hate to say this, but motherfuckers turned into like wearing Cosby sweaters and old man and he's safe and white people love his music because white people love Drake. You know, everyone loves Drake, but you know what I mean? And it feels like he's going, trying to get back. some. I don't know if you listen to early Drake, like mixtape stuff that much, but I did a lot like when he first kind of came out and the early cash money stuff, he would do a lot of like this kind of shit where he was clearly trying to be an edge Lord and really trying to come across like he's dangerous because he's not. And he's an, a fucking child actor from Degrassi and all that. So he was trying to like do the opposite. And I think that he's, he went a little bit far into the R and B thing and he's just pop and he's safe. Like I said, he's Cosby sweater, he's memes, all this and that. And he's just trying to be like, no, I can still be dangerous. I'm not just going to turn into like some, you know, old man who's whatever. That's that's got to be the only thing that makes sense there. So yeah, he's like pivoting back. And obviously, I think he's trying to see that like culturally society is going more that way. We just went off on all the stuff that's going on, but I mean, it's fucking it honestly is feeling more and more like we're going back into the 90s and there's like edginess and there's more and more like again, conspiracy theory stuff and just being absolutely stupid. Um, and having no concept of reality is coming back. So, yeah, I think he's just trying to be edgy. He's trying to be, you know, uh, like kind of talk about things and be be misogynistic and uh, and not just be safe because he can see that that's where things are going. So that's what kind of that's what makes sense to me. Uh, but that's it. Unless you I mean, like, did you want to? We could just not. We could just not do wrestling. Well, we're talking I about mean, we're, we're talking we're talking Brazilian elections. Like, <laughs> what about? I mean, takeoff. Obviously, the tragic uh, the tragic story with takeoff. Uh, yeah, we haven't talked um, about that. Like, yeah, it's um a little weird for me because obviously sure. the situation is very fucked up. Like the situation itself is just fucked up any way you cut it. Um, what's gonna get lost in uh, some places here? Is that take off uh more than likely rape somebody? 
Yeah. And that uh, is going to get lost here uh, as uh, we're doing all these different, um, you know, RIP posts and uh, tributes to take off and everything, which, you know, the Migos are, uh, they're, they're the rap trio. Yeah. They, uh, they were, yeah. Yeah. Like they, they, they were, they were like, like just even historically, you know, like there were, there were duos and there's groups, but they were the rap trio and dominated since I was, man, like, dominated at least since I was like a junior in high school. So, like, going on 10 years ago, which is kind of is a really crazy run for the type of music that they make to have such consistent success on the bill on the bill on the billboard charts ever since ever since versace basically is really not that common for people that make the type of music that migo that migos made and take off you know like he when everyone was uh everyone was on the quavo train when migos first started sure. the quavo's a star quavo's a star then it started to shift towards offset a bit and takeoff was always there consistently doing it do, doing work and eventually you did start to see the people that said takeoff was the best member of the group i thought takeoff had the best solo album between the three of them when they put out when they all put out solo albums um uh and their and their own solo projects and i thought takeoff had the best one so it was interesting to see the uh the narrative around Migos sparked the shift about who was the best and everything and all that. But well, and and he was the youngest, so it felt like he was in the background, you know. But like you said, his solo work was he was he he, he, seemed, yeah. he 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 wasn't the one that was dating another famous woman or wasn't the one with another famous woman. With yeah, Offset being with Cardi B and Quavo being with Sweetie, like he and he was he for was always the third one to a bunch of people. So. On some level, it was cool to see that takeoff was starting to get that credit for his ability. Like I said, for me, is is just you know more than likely raped a woman. Right. It's just, tough to really enjoy a, a rapist as a rapper. You know, like to be a big fan of of a rapist for sure. Uh, so I get that. It's just but yeah, and it, it was kind of a bummer because just like you said with that, and just with the whole Migos vibe and everything that comes around them with domestic violence, with being fucking really sloppy online in misogynistic ways, with being philanderous and all of that with the that goes around with the entire group to see I really saw people eulogizing takeoff in a way like exactly what you said. Like I saw one specific quote that kind of really sticks in my mind that was just like, Oh, he was the most low-key guy. And compared to so many rappers, he was never out there whiling and doing all this stuff. And it's crazy to see that someone like him with, you know, his vibe got, gets killed so young. And it's like, like, exactly like you said, the motherfucker was going to trial for rape. Um, and while being associated with a group that was known for so much fucking bullshit to like try again to try to like really whitewash that entire thing and be like oh it's such a tragedy that this poor young rap angel died at such a young age it's like no i'm sorry but that's not it but you know again people don't want to speak ill of the dead and that's fine you don't have to but you also don't have to go out of your way to cover up for all the bad shit yeah um 
that's that's just how it's such a it's such a weird thing i feel like when it comes to uh death to people and i do understand that because i've said before like death is the realest thing in the world it's just a fact that you're dead and it's just over it's done that's it it. like and the realities of how painful and harsh it is make it so you don't you don't like so people are sensitive to it and uh, the people in uh, or sometimes to the ones that are experiencing the loss and things like that. Like, and, and it, I understand it's just like that. Just does it just doesn't change if these things existed or or are on someone's jacket. It doesn't. But we're also coming from a place in hip hop where you know I'm still dealing with the fact that someone that would like you know that uh. Good Kid Mad City turned 10 like a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Turned to a 10 year anniversary of Good Kid Mad City. And I remember being 15 and rushing to uh Extra Turrent to go download that album. I or well the kick ass turrent, whatever one I used at the time. And go and rushing to go download that album. And I remember telling my dad, like, you gotta listen to Kendrick Lamar, you gotta listen to Kendrick Lamar and this and that. And when swimming pools came on the radio and just being super excited and wow, this Kendrick is becoming a mainstream artist and things like and things like that. And there's always been traces of it in the Kendrick's music. We can go back to Damn and like the black Israelite stuff is on Damn. Uh but to get to Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers, where Kendrick aligned himself with Kodak Black. And we know what Kodak's history is, but people still like to hang around Kodak Black. And that's not to take away from whatever influence and impact Kodak Black has made on the rap scene, especially in Florida. Kodak Black made Florida relevant again when it came to rap music, or was at least a big part of it. But that doesn't change what Kodak Black, what Kodak Black is accused of. That doesn't change anything about kind of allowing rapists and abusers and a whole bunch of and a whole bunch of other people back in the hip-hop with open arms and if you talk about the things that they did then you're the one that's in the wrong or you're holding or you're holding on to things or x y and z whether we're talking about xxx and tassian whether we're talking about kodak black whether they're talking about chris brown who if you don't want to talk about the rihanna situation he still fucking stalked karuchi for however long, yes. abuse with Karuchi for however long. And this isn't yes, even mentioning yes. all the other uh, times in which he's been accused of some of some sort of abuse or sexual assault in the la- in the last few years. Like it's this is just a culture in which how you treat women does not matter, and that comes back to takeoff here, where it's fucked up what happened to him. It is genuinely fucked up. It is fucked up that that. Quavo had to see that. Like he had to see he had to see his family bleeding out on the floor like that. That's fucking horrifying and sad. Yeah. He's gonna be traumatized for the rest of his life. That's fucked up. But again, I this is we're we're the, still the same culture where we're we're gonna talk more about that than the fact that this guy pop like probably raped somebody. <laughs> Yeah, Jesus Christ. 
I mean, I don't know. We can go back to it, but <laughs> maybe uh God, I shouldn't even say it. Maybe uh Yoko Ono was right. Um maybe John Lennon no, but you get my point. I, I agree with you hundred percent there. Like, yeah, it's 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 fucked up because there's a lot of terrible stuff here, but yes, like how misogynistic is like kind of the rap scene, how like how much do they overlook this stuff? It, and it goes back to even the stuff we we're talking about with Meg the Stallion, where it's like, oh, yeah, if she was if she really was a rapper, which, you know, again, in big quotes, wink means if she was a man, she would be out here talking shit about this and not just like pretending like it didn't happen. But I'm sorry, but. Drake, you never got shot, motherfucker, like maybe you got shot on a TV show, but uh, eventually you got out of the wheelchair, Jimmy. Like I, said, like I said, I'm not. I, I told you guys, I was, I yes. was not. I was not. I was not in a okay. wrestling mood. Today. Well, let's get into wrestling. You know what? We need to talk about it. Big deal. Obviously, Japanese wrestler who's come stateside. We haven't seen an impact, an important, groundbreaking situation like this in a very long time with a, a very popular Japanese wrestler showing up and. I'm of course I'm talking about SB Kento as the new Akira Tozawa. Are people saying this? Am I the first one to say it? Has SB uh... Kento's excursion in America been the closest that we've come to someone who gets it and gets over in America as well as as Akira Tozawa did? I haven't seen any of his stuff yet, but okay. if you're if you're, I mean, it's just high praise. It's very high praise. I just, I just I just haven't seen any of it any of it yet, so I can't speak. That's to it. fair. I was uh, obviously joking and kind of playing off of Shibata, being like, yeah, "Oh, yeah. a Japanese wrestler shows up in America," but but I will say that people should check this out. SB Kento, he got one out of uh, Kevin Blackwood, which that's definitely means something. Oh, he got one believe, out of Alec I Price. I don't I don't believe you. I know you don't believe me, but he but he did it. He got one out of Alec Price, which is not as big a praise, and obviously low on the list, not as big a praise. He got one out of BK Westbrook. Wrestle, wrestle, Westbrook, as they call him. Actually, um, Sasaki and Tetsuya Endo went to a three-minute draw. <laughs> yes, it was not very good. Um, oh, wait, 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 wait. Hold on. Maybe yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't. Uh, Jesus Christ! What the fuck? Walk, don't run, as they say. Um, but yes, uh, SP Kento. Okay, you haven't seen any of it, but I will say, SP Kento, and I should say Mike Spears. You know, Iron Mike Spears should agree with this because he's pretty high on SP Kento. Um, and he's an all-time uh, Akira Tozawa backer. That SB Kento is the new Akira Tozawa, the closest thing that we've seen in a very long time for a DDT wrestler to come on excursion to North America and absolutely kill it, and not just have great wrestling matches, but get over. Um, but as I said, the joke and the point, Shibata. How do you feel about Shibata dream match with uh, Orange Orange Cassidy? Um, but rules. Anyone that doesn't like it, I don't really understand. Because sure. I think that if they only if they thought they were only going to get Shibata for one match, I can guarantee you they wouldn't use it on on Orange Cassidy. Sure. So, I yeah. mean, so did you hear the story? Because this is out there. Dave Meltzer reports that Shibata had two matches that he asked AEW for. Mm. One of them is Orange Cassidy, and do you know what the other one is? Danielson. Yes. Yeah. I saw, so, I, saw, I saw that. Yeah. 
One weird thing that I'm seeing from a lot of people talking about this, reporting it, is a lot of people overlooking and only talking about Shibata going into business for himself, you know, in the largest of quotation marks in his match with Ren Narita, which, you know, basically the idea was uh, Shibata was supposed to wrestle Ren Narita in an exhibition style match uh, that was not going to be a full pro wrestling match. And then he went out there and said, fuck that we're doing a full-blown wrestling match and then still wrestled probably very similar style of match um was that i don't hear anybody referencing and talking about the fact that the whole idea behind that was that he was going to be doing a repeat of the same thing that he did with the surprise exhibition match against zack saber jr like everyone just talks about the renarito match and nobody mentions the fact that he wrestled zack saber jr before that um yes. in a exhibition style match so the point is that like shibata did the exhibition thing obviously went out there felt fine and called mm. an audible on his own and said like i can do like you know it doesn't have to be this mm -hmm. look um i've made my stance on stuff like this pretty clear well first off orange cassidy and shibata is going to be great because yes that the personality aspect already makes it great orange cassidy is an all-time great baby face He's an all-time great seller and bumper. And he is going to sell his ass off for Shibata and whatever and whatever it is that they can that that they will be able to do with each other in the ring. But like I've said, when these people decide that this is what they love and that this is what they want to do, you can feel guilty or feel culpable or feel like you're enabling it as much as you want to. But if Shibata if Brian Danielson, yep. if Edge, if Christian Cage, whoever else, Page is aware of the risks of something, and they've been dealing with these doctors and being told no for years, and now are getting to a point where they're getting told yes for whatever these reasons are, uh, so, you know, evaluation for the umpteenth time, and uh, we're being cleared by a doctor, and they want to go out there and wrestle again. That's not my fucking fault that they want to wrestle yep. again. <laughs> Yep. Like you like everyone just kind of keeps like feel like they want to do it. They want to do it. They want to do it because they love wrestling. That is how they enjoy that's what they like to do. People like Christian and Edge grew up wrestling fans, so they want to go out there and wrestle. Paige grew up in wrestling, so of course she wants to go back and wrestle. Brian Danielson is obsessed with wrestling, so of course he wants to go out there and wrestle. Shibata, you'd be like, oh man, Shibata left wrestling and this and that. Okay, he came back because he wanted to come back to wrestling. Yeah, he left wrestling. He left wrestling so that he could come back to wrestling as a bigger star. That was the point. In he and in, in the time in which he came back, he very clearly fell back in love with wrestling again. To the point where if Shibata didn't give a fuck about wrestling, don't you think he would have... Why would he be doing this goddamn dojo? Why, why would, would he, he have be... toiled away for years in New Japan when they clearly were not interested in making him a star and he had to reprove himself and basically start from scratch? Like, If he didn't care about wrestling, he would have left and gone to somewhere else where they would have pushed him as a top-level star instantly and just made a bunch of money and not had to do all this work. Imagine... Yeah. A world where the Kento Miyahara, you know, half decade of being the only star in all Japan, they also had Shibata. Yep. And so, like, I know people are probably like trying to push back with Shibata and his love. No, Shibata loves wrestling because he wouldn't have done what the shit he did for fucking how long? How long was he back? Five years? 
Uh, for, for the five for the five years he was back in he was back in New Japan, he would have done that shit if he didn't love wrestling. So yes, Shibata wants to wrestle because he loves and enjoys wrestling. There's nothing that us as fans or consumers can do about that. I'm sorry. If you don't want to watch it, then don't watch it. And I completely understand. But I'm so tired of this idea that people are enabling this kind of shit. We're supposed to fucking boo when Shibata comes out? Right. So it's a turnaround? Like, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm... but like, <laughs> you can take whatever stance you want and say like, oh, I don't want to encourage him, but like you said, he's going to do this no matter what. So really, if you're so concerned and you're so worried about his, his safety and his health and all this stuff and you just can't watch it, then yeah, like you said, don't basically don't watch wrestling. And then number two, like acting as if like you're some morally superior person because you you know don't pay attention or don't respect or question his movement like you're just being more disrespectful to the sacrifice that he's making this is shibata is basically braver than his troops and you wouldn't spit on the troops when they come home and say that they didn't do anything for you know just because you don't agree with the war right you still say like hey you know what i respect your service even if I don't agree with what what why you're doing it, it's the same thing. I don't agree with Shibata giving himself brain damage, but you know what? I respect him doing it, and I'm gonna watch it, and I'm gonna show I'm gonna show him the respect. So basically, what you're doing here is either you love the troops and uh, and you watch Shibata matches, or you disrespect the the troops and uh, and you just pretend like Shibata is you know his matches aren't good because his matches are great and he's the best wrestler in the world. That's a pretty, uh, pretty strained analogy there, but I just want to say that basically um, anyone who's ever served the American country in a, a wartime situation is a coward compared to Katsuyori Shibata. I agree with you. I just, it's, I, it's, I, I really do understand where it comes from. And it's just like, like, Dude, he's a fucking grown adult, man. <laughs> like he wants to wrestle. He's an adult man. He's going to do what yes, he wants exactly. to do. Like he's I'm, older like, than the women that Drake texts um, or DMs oh. with. Oh know. yes, but significant, significantly older, significantly yes. older. <laughs> I, like so I, you just I, have like, to respect like, his choices. It's not a funny. It's not a funny thing to joke about. But and like, like, I'm not even really joking when I say it. But like, I'm not gonna be surprised. When there's a surviving Drake one day, sure, yeah, like I'm, yeah. I'm not even like I'm not even trying to speak that into existence or like implying that like just I'm just not gonna be surprised when it comes out that it's not already happening. Basically, if you have to go digging through the tea leaves, basically to go like getting there, but like it's it's out there. Maybe not. You no, know, again, I'm not comparing. This is when I know when I say that you know the the surviving word in front of that makes it seem right. like it, but it's like I just will not be shocked in the slightest whenever that winds up happening. But yeah, Shibata, absolute legend. I'm happy that he's back. I'm happy that Tony Khan is not a fucking weird moralist freak who acts like somehow now now we know that things are different. So now that we. It's the same as the concussion storyline with Shawn Michaels and Owen Hart from like the fucking 90s. Like we know just because you pretend like you know better doesn't change anything. People still get fucked up. And if you're gonna if wrestling is going to exist, then you kind of have to just accept that that the people who are doing it are 
intentionally accepting the risk because yes. do we really want to get into this conversation? Because you know where this conversation leads is that American football should be abolished. And oh, yeah. I don't think that there's very many people who are willing to really talk about this, but like, if you're going to say pro wrestling is too dangerous and these guys shouldn't do it, football should not be allowed. It's, it's a barbaric sport and it shouldn't exist. And then we can get into some more things just like, you know, <laughs> eating meat is barbaric and should be abolished. There's, if we really want to start going down this line, I I got a ton of stuff that I can say that we need to change about our society. But I don't think that a lot of people who are worried about Shibata really want to have this conversation. Oh, I mean, probably, I mean, probably, probably, probably not. And there are some people that probably think football shouldn't exist. But like I said, especially now with kids and their parents and anyone that plays football is aware. They're aware. And yeah, they might be kids, but like this the stuff is out there at this point. Like whether it's coming from their parents, whether they're watching the whether they're watching the news and seeing it on Sports Center and seeing the different lawsuits. And like it's people are aware of this stuff. It's out there. Yeah. It's out there. It's not it's not it's not a lack it's not a lack of information. So just like we're wrestling, because the stuff about wrestling and CTE and brain damage and all that stuff isn't new, obviously. We still have Wrestlers in their Ford in their forties, not even reaching their fifties, dying every year now. So right. that's that stuff is not new. It is not it is not new at all. So if you're deciding when you're seventeen or eighteen years old in twenty twenty two that you want to be a pro wrestler, it's you. It's not it's not a it's not a lack of knowledge about how these things are going to affect you down the line. No. Just like with football, like. That is it's it's not it's not a lack of knowledge about how these things are gonna affect you. And like 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 I said, man, like I don't know, but I'm just not in the I'm I'm just not with people that, that people are gonna make their own decisions at the at the end of the day with yep. that with that with that kind of stuff. That's what it comes down to. And yeah, it's it's ridiculous to think that you're ever gonna tell people what not to do because it if they weren't doing it in wrestling, if they're not doing it in football, if they're not doing whatever, they're going to figure out another way to do it. They're going to, they're going to drink too much. They're going to smoke too much. They're going to, everyone's going to do everything that they shouldn't do. So it's weird to moralize about like, you know, this, this weird, this thing that you watch at like, at what level is it okay? And at what level is it not okay? Right? Like, you know, whatever. Either way, let's move on. Do we want to talk about, really any like actual wrestling that happened like at this point i don't even know we we watched a ton of stuff i watched a ton of stuff i don't know how much of it i really care to talk about i liked kind of, the new japan shows you didn't like them i don't know yeah i thought they sucked okay i, I thought they sucked okay um, well okay let's talk about the, okay the night before show i actually i liked the vibe i liked the surprises i liked um the like yeah like returns things like that i thought that there was there was some stuff to enjoy here and i have to say that minoru suzuki and tracy williams was really fucking good for you know for an american minoru suzuki match i thought tracy williams really brought it out of him i don't imagine did you did you watch the the night before show mm-hmm, i did okay well i mean what did you think minoru suzuki tracy williams i honestly thought it was a really good match no i did too i did too it's probably honestly the highlight of it for me but just right. Not anything that I don't know left a really big impression on me. 
I, okay, so my I guess I know you'll want you'll probably bring up more, but my, I guess my question is, do you think Fred Rosser is good? Ah. Uh... I like what he's been doing in New Japan Strong. They built him up really well as a babyface. Um, well, do you like? Do you the, actually think the, that he's performing well? Before he won the title, yes, I think that he was a chase guy, and they made the wrong move putting the belt on him. Okay, what do you think of the Gresham it's basically match? Basically, what it comes to. the Gresham match was good, and I would say it was like acceptable and fine. But I would say that that was more of a Gresham thing than a Fred Rosser thing. Okay. Like Gresham is phenomenal. Fred Rosser is what he is. And yeah, like, but, but saying that Fred Rosser versus Gresham, I would put up against anything that's been on rampage. You know what I mean? Like AEW like level matches yeah. in the past, like six months and say it would be better than anything that you're seeing on, on television from a major company. But that said, like, yeah, like Fred Rosser was not great in there. And, it was not an interesting and good match whenever Fred Rosser was in control, but when Gresham was running the show, it was it was good. Yeah, I've just anytime I went through strong, he was fine. Sure. And I was just kind of curious because I didn't know if there was a another when he won the belt and uh it seemed like people were happy for him, and I wasn't sure if there was this thing where people were uh happy to see Rosser getting it because he was uh because he was this great wrestler or if like he just like worked really hard to get to that point. I'm not, I'm not sure what it was. Yeah. That's but, more it. Yeah. But I was, I was just I was just curious cuz you know, he's the champ of the brand. So <laughs> like, they shouldn't have put the title on him. They should have left it on on Tom and obviously the idea was Tom was going away for the G1. Rosser had been built up as a, you know, valiant fighting underdog, but he lost to Tom Lawler like three times before he won the title. And he was getting over, like I said, as an underdog loser. And there's just some guys who that's what they're good at. And they should have transitioned the title away from him already at this point. I'm not even sure who would like. Who I know who that's the tough win. thing. Yeah. You know, if, uh, if Dickinson wasn't who he was, then right. I feel like that'd Maybe. probably be that'd probably be someone that they would have liked to have put the belt on if he if, if he didn't have uh the things he has going against him uh happening. You know uh, what I would say, and this is kind of and he's on both shows, obviously, because like pretty much everyone's on both shows, but I would have said especially now that he lost you know he dropped the x division title and clearly who knows what's going on with him and impact is i would say have speedball win the title because mm. i think that speedball is kind of the perfect champion for new japan strong because you can have him on the big shows you know when they do the big shows like just have him in the big main event he gives you the fireworks match that everyone loves and that's really what you need from your champion in a brand like this is a guy that everyone gets into and he has great matches at the top of the card. And once a month, you know, gives you a big pay-per-view quality match. And then you break that up into the TV and that's kind of perfect for what they need. So I would, that's, I mean, I think if, if he's going to sign with new Japan and be strong and new Japan adjacent, like, yeah, that's what, that's, I think the, at this point, the best person that they could give the title to, unless they gave it to like Tracy Williams, which of course they won't. Um, did you have any strong thoughts on Shingo versus uh, versus ELP? 
Uh, not really. No, this feud has been going on for way too long. But I did you? No. <laughs> was, okay. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay, cool. This happened, I guess. Um, sure. I had some you... thoughts on uh Connors and Minoru Suzuki. Okay, what'd you think? Uh, Connors um sucks ass at trying to do like a grappling shoot style thing, and should uh, definitely not uh, ever try to do this again. He was, what did you he's say? Been, he's been good. I saw him be good with like he's been good pro, in the past. Like, yeah, with, yeah, with the pro style, with the pro style stuff yes. before. Yeah, but like, trying to do this and like grappling with Suzuki, it was bad. I did not like it, and I hope that this is not the plan for him to go this way. Okay, all right. I don't, I don't, I don't think I thought he was as bad as you thought, but he didn't seem like as comfortable as he has been in the past doing that type of stuff. I don't know if it was a chemistry thing. I don't, you know, Minoru Suzuki can eat guys up sometimes, so sure. I don't know. Well, go ahead. So, so, so I don't know, but I, I don't think he, I don't think this is his best showing either. I'll, I'll say no. that. I like Connors, and I think he's good. That's why I was let down because he's returning mm. from injury and he's out here. And he's clearly like taking it soft, being trepidatious. Oh, I'm going against a legend. And it just didn't work. And I will say that the counterpoint to that is um, Defy, Kingdom Come, Suzuki versus Lawler. And Lawler did not go light, did not. He was like, I don't give a fuck. I'm going to go hard. And I don't know if you saw this match, but Lawler blistered Suzuki so fucking hard with one chop that one chop busted open Suzuki's chest and he started bleeding from one hmm. chop. I didn't see it. So I'll be able to look for that. So the match is not great, but it's definitely better than the Connors match, but it's not as good as the Williams match. Um, but it was the counterpoint, as I said there, compared to Connors, who was clearly like just being light and not taking it to him. And Tom was just like, fuck that. I'm going to go all out on this old piece of shit. Um, so yeah, like, that was the problem there because I was I like Connors and I was excited. The other part of that too was Alex Coglin with the shaky ass promo. I'm sorry, but like I don't I don't really want to hear Coglin talk ever. So yeah, the 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 New Japan Young Lions in the dirt on the, at the end of this show, unfortunately. Yeah, it's a, it's a this it's a class of guys that I like watching wrestle, but it's taking a while to figure the other stuff. Out. Yeah. And I'm not sure what's exactly missing missing there. Is the is it the fact that the New Japan strong roster just doesn't have a lot to work with? Is it the fact that these guys would probably just be better off just staying in Japan at this point and they've gotten stale in the US? I don't really know. But it, it, yeah, they, they're they're not really developing as strongly as I might have thought some of them yeah. would. Or what um, I was hoping for, yeah, for sure. And obviously, like the guy that was like supposed to be like the best one or like the most like star potential wound up leaving the system so then i feel like that's kind of like left them without their kind of crown jewel of uh of that of that first class um yeah and that whole story was incredibly fucked up yeah uh just i mean with stardom uh not the best stardom show there's but there's but there's some Let's hold oh, off yeah, on Stardom for just a, a moment. Did okay. you end up watching Cruel versus AC Mac? No, not at all. <laughs> okay. Well, it's under a minute. AC Mac dropped the title to Cruel. He just got the uh, wait, uh, shit kicked uh, out of him. Uh, 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 Go ahead. Wait, huh? Yeah. That's why I told you to watch it. I, I legitimately 
Oh, you did. Told you to you watch did. Oh, yeah, you did say that. I, honestly, yes, I completely forgot that you said that. My apologies. Okay. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. So, on an ICW no holds barred show, they were doing an AC Mac open challenge. AC Mac comes out after Danny DeMonto's match. Obviously, Danny DeMonto is the promoter, run you know, runs the show's ICW. AC Mac comes out, cuts a long promo, basically saying no one gave him the respect he deserved, talks a bunch of shit. Kind of ribbon on the square in a weird way, but you know this is way behind the scenes and and probably something that I shouldn't even say on the podcast because this is you know stuff that people don't want me to talk about. Maybe I don't know, but you know basically just talking a bunch of shit about how like people don't give AC Mac the respect that he deserved as the champion, all that. Um, Demonto grabs the mic really quick and says something that I can't make out, but the crowd obviously understands to mean that that Mac's opponent is going to be cruel. Cruel comes out. The crowd is losing their fucking mind. Cruel absolutely demolishes Mac in under a minute. Puts him through two tables. Takes a light tube and no sells it. Just fucking annihilates him with a couple choke breakers um, and wins the title. Cruel as the champion here. Okay, so me and you have talked a bit about Cruel. I thought about it when I saw this. I saw how nuts the crowd was going that they put the title on him. And you know what crossed my mind? Quentin was a little bit of a, I called it when I saw Mads Kruger in MLW. And I said, <sighs> this Logan Creed guy has found a gimmick that works for him with, you know, with, again, as I said, I called it the brains of professional wrestling, a, a gimmick that he got from Court Bauer, who's obviously better than uh, uh, Gabe Sapolsky. We've talked about this on the last episode. Um, and they transitioned Mads Kruger into cruel, but it's the same character and he's over as fuck and he's the man and he wins the title here tonight and for IWTV. And I'm not necessarily a huge fan of the situation, but I will say that Quentin uh, victory lap here. I was right. Logan Creed doing this gimmick is Logan, over. The crowds Logan, fucking love him Logan and Creed he's a champion. Su- Logan Creed fucking sucks, man. Like, God. <laughs> Dude, this thing works though. I'm telling Dude, you. I don't get it. He fucking sucks. <laughs> <laughs> people like, love him like this isn't neat like so like if you're aware of elma like el macias or uh sure the fucking uh god damn what, what's macias is what's macias is uh oh the the lucha underground thing uh mil no, Marquez. no i'm trying to think um oh his actual name gilbert whatever the fuck uh yeah, yeah. arenas ricky 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 banderas like we can agree that Ricky that Ricky Banderas's best work more than likely came as being Mil Muertes, right? Like people can right. agree with that. But there's a he actually has a bunch of really good matches not being not being uh sure Mil Muertes. So I could but, but again he just really found it as uh as as Mil Muertes in Lucha Underground. Logan Creed's always fucking sucked. Fair. He's always sucked. So I don't really understand this. I will never understand this. And I only brought this up just so we just so I can say at least Ricky Banderas is always a really good wrestler. Yeah, there's a lot more there. For sure. For sure. We're talking about someone I... that just has always sucked. And I don't understand why. We'll see. We'll see. I don't I don't love it. I don't think that he's a good champion. But again, like I said, there was there was issues with AC Max title reign, which I think 
if you go back and look at it, there is some there are some great matches there. Um, there's some good stuff from the AC Mac title reign, but unfortunately, I think that there wasn't the um the reverence, <laughs> there wasn't the the wide, you know, acceptance of his title reign across the board and other promotions that would have really helped. But you know, it is what it is. Um I mentioned Defy Kingdom Come. I will say the Tom Lawler Suzuki match was you know solid, fine, watchable. Davy Richards versus Cody Chun. I would definitely check that out. Cody Chun has been great for like the past year, year and a half. So I would say check that stuff out. There was a um like a battle royal for Shaft specific Northwest title, like a BMF battle royal, they were calling it, that closed out with a pretty interesting angle. I don't know, Quentin, do you care if I give out the angle a little bit? Do I don't know. You probably Go don't ahead. actually care. Go ahead. Um post-match Shaft wins, keeps his title. Uh, wins the battle royal judas icarus and travis williams come out and jump shaft post-match as a as a duo um and then they get interrupted and randy myers comes back the weirdo hero the defy champion comes back and cuts a promo about being home happy blah 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 and then it feels like oh clearly setting up something with all four of these guys or something going on um but unfortunately it's setting up this really weird stupid ladder match with like six people in it with champions and all this and that to to basically create like a, a undisputed champion which is just i'm sorry quentin but how fuck? fucking dumb is it to have an interim championship and then be like oh we're going to unify the title in a six-person ladder match uh extreme extremely dumb and yeah this is why <laughs> it's bad that certain people have influence on things are <laughs> booked because, yeah. um, again, the goal would just be to unify the belt and someone right. loses. Yeah, the like, point of having an interim title is that you have two people who have claim to a championship and then you prove who's the best between the two of them. Y- right? Y- That's yes. the point. Yeah. Um, no, it is point. a... No, it is, it is... It is... It is... That's extremely, extremely dumb. Especially because it feels like they, you know... Spinning out of it, they could have had a really, they could have told a really interesting story with with uh, with Icky and Travis Williams uh, right. coming after the belt. So, right, to just kind of make a clusterfuck out of it instead of pacing the story. But again, this is also Defy, so I'm not right. really expecting good storytelling either. No, it's yeah, it's just incredibly stupid. And I was talking to a uh, let's say a friend of the podcast about it, and I was just like, Matt Farmer defy booker owner whatever like he's a wrestling historian who knows how this shit should work it's really kind of disappointing to me to see someone who should understand how this stuff works like do just blatantly like the opposite of what you should be doing here um there's some other stuff but you know House of Glory had some solid stuff on their show. Briscoe's versus Ozzy Open, I think, was probably better than Ozzy Open versus FTR. Fatu versus Carlos uh, Ramirez, uh, if you remember him, La Sombra, according to the commentary, that was really oh, yeah. good. <laughs> um, yeah, I would definitely recommend those matches. And uh, Loki versus Shingo was actually better than I would have predicted, if not a little bit long. Um, Prestige Roseland 4 was actually a pretty solid card up and down, and there was tons of stuff that was worthwhile to watch. I would definitely recommend it um, to people, and, and a pretty good show from Prestige. Prestige, kind of 
under the radar feels like it's equated with West Coast Pro feels like it's equated somewhat in my brain to like uh, Black Label Pro, but Prestige actually kind of sometimes pretty good. I would say that they kind of can have sneaky good shows. I would definitely recommend them. That's not just me saying that because I go to their shows or have gone to a couple of their shows, but like actually a decent promotion. Um, but yeah, their uh, Roseland 4 show was was worthwhile. DDT Grand Prix, the first night. Did you watch any of it? Nope, like I said, I did, I was so, so right. shocked to see Punk the Sasaki wrestling. and uh, Endo. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, that, I think that might have been the second night, actually. But it said the, it said the first night, but they also the, but the Endo also had three points for somehow. So I guess yeah, like, yeah, they could have yeah. just labeled they could have just labeled that wrong. So let me actually yeah they that, they uh, they labeled it wrong because on the first night there's a UNO versus Endo match uh, that's okay. Haguchi right. versus uh, Cannon, which I would definitely highly recommend. Kino versus uh, Yukio Naya, which I've talked about it, but Naya I think is getting better. Ricky that was actually really good. Tournament? What the fuck? What? I know. Jesus I know. Christ, this shit sucks. Yeah. Um. And Yoshimura versus RSP is a don't watch. Um. But yeah, that's a you know it was whatever. Um. We'll we'll catch up at some point and talk about that. Yeah. We'll talk about. All it. right. Stardom. Quentin, feel free to to go off on Stardom. I I ran through the indies for everyone who needs it for whatever reason they don't. I just I watch too much fucking wrestling. Um, I don't really have a ton to say. This is not a great stardom show, but there is good stuff that if you're just looking to watch something is not bad is not bad at all. Uh Utama Hashishida versus Nasakotora. It goes about thir- goes about 13 minutes and is not uh not something that you would I guess I, I expected to get that much enjoyment out of, but I thought it was super real. I thought it was super fun for what it was. Uh, Goddesses of Stardom title match. Not yeah, I, hold on. <laughs> Sorry, real quick. I actually really enjoyed that too. I heard someone talking about uh, Utami and that there's a big like documentary or TV show coming out about her relatively soon. And that they're looking ready to, they're, they're like planning to push her. And this felt like part of bringing, building that back up. Because mm-hmm. I heard someone talking about that in the context of her winning that IWGP uh, women's title. And I was like, you know, that it's not like out of the question or whatever. Um, but yeah, this did feel like we're building her back up to prominence based off of that. And uh, and like you said, there was something there was I was this was actually a pretty enjoyable match that could have felt like just like a skip. Anyways, Mayu, mm-hmm. um, uh, well, I, I, I was giving the guys the starting title match, but Mayu versus Alpha Female. uh Mayu tried. Uh, it was okay, I guess, but Jazzy Gabbard has never really been very good, in my opinion. Uh, and that's all I really have to say about that one. I mean, it, it was only it was eleven minutes, so it didn't really uh, take take up too much time. But I didn't really care too much about it. Yeah, not support not supporting Tam versus Momo a Starlight Kid. This is really fucking fun. I. Really enjoy this. I love all the combinations of opponents here. I yeah. love getting to see Natsupoi Star like Kid mix it up. Momo and Momo and Momo and Natsupoi have, have had really good chemistry. Momo Momo and Tam is a great is a great matchup. Tam and Star like Kid is something that I would that I would love to see more of too. So I just love all the interactions and combinations possible here. I don't know if you got anything got anything to add, but yeah, no, I love is... I, I love this. I want to see more of T- Nasapoy and Tam as tag champs. I don't want them to cut this range short or anything. I think that they're awesome champions. 
no, I agree with everything you're saying there. I think, yeah, this is four of the best in the company, not just when it comes to wrestling, but now at this point, also the personality stuff, the character things, the drama, everything that you got going on. And I loved, loved, absolutely loved the finish and the post-match with the the interaction with Starlight Kid and Natsapoy, just playing off of their history and the drama there that those two are still like fucking cheek to cheek, jowl to jowl, just fucking ready to kill each other. Even though it feels like they're worlds apart from, you know, their rivalry in the past, you know, even if it's relatively recent, it still feels like it's been so long, but that fire still burns. And I love that. And that's why I like good wrestling and not bullshit wrestling where you act like fucking history doesn't exist because there's like, like I said, there's this drama and there's this connection between those two and the rivalry that they have. Um, and yeah, and this team, the the Meltier team, which I thought they had another name before. Um, so good. And one thing that had never crossed my mind, but I heard this mentioned, I think on Mike, Adam and Mike, big audio nightmare or whatever, is that like the cosmic angels vibe. The whole point of the thing is like kind of that they're supposed to be older, but they're playing the like idols thing and being like cutesy and, the, and it never really crossed my mind before to think of them as like older and they shouldn't be acting this way still. Because like, you know, they're not young girls anymore or whatever. But um, that does kind of come into it where it's it's kind of cool to see, like, yeah, like you said, their title run and continue this on because this is great. And and that's a poise, a really great addition to Cosmic Angels. And and this team has just been fucking great. So, yeah, this is tons of fun. Um, next match on the show, Tall Saya versus Mina Shirakawa. Dude, uh, this fucking rocks. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, we don't have to take credit for... For being the the first people in oh, the world fuck. to ever no, say that I'm, Mina nah, is a man, good wrestler. Cre- nah, man, I'm taking credit for this. <laughs> <laughs> Other people have, have said that Mina is a good wrestler, too. No, it's not man, just a, no, but no, no. Jesus Christ. Go ahead, Quentin. What did you think? Yes, I'm taking fucking credit for this. We saw this coming a mile a fucking way. We saw this coming a mile away. The, all we did, we do, did. All you had to do was just put her in a spot like this, and we would get these kind of results. And Taking Tall Saya out of her out of her, out of her comfort zone a little bit away the from be- a little bit more- the best. Saya is a great seller. I think that she's really good at selling, but this is the best that anyone has done at working over a leg on Saya and really making like Saya's selling actually feel like it fucking was worth a damn because she actually got the shit kicked out of her. The focus on the leg. God damn it. Sorry. Continue. Yeah. The, yeah. This the. Just the the leg work here, the sell the selling was great. This is the the high spots when we did get them were fucking awesome and looked and looked great. The mouth blood from Mina's not oh broken, not broke, not broken, but bruised jaw. Hope she gets well soon, and you know we she does she does she doesn't miss any significant time. But God damn, man, this is so fucking. This is so goddamn great. This is so great, and. Man, when when like I know we people have been talk have talked about Mina. I understand that, so I'm not saying that we're the first people to ever talk about Mina on a podcast. But like, dude, we were. I feel like Mina might be the person that we've praised the most on this yes. podcast as far as the Joshi, as far as the stardom women. I feel like other than well, other than Tam, of course, but I feel like we've praised Mina maybe just yeah. a little bit less than we've praised Tam. <laughs> yes no of course yeah i mean we have and talked about how good she is and how easy it is to overlook it because people can't wrap their minds around someone being like silly but also being a good wrestler um yeah and 
I came into this and I was just like, ah, I don't love like her darker hair. It makes me feel like like it looks just kind of fake and whatever. I'm like, oh, you know, but then God damn, as she gets into it, like I said, this is the best that Saya as the underdog champion to me sometimes doesn't work. I don't love the champion being an underdog, even though I think that she's really good at selling. Um, but yeah, Mina really fucking brought it here. And the focus on the leg was so perfect and just annihilated her. And the finish, the finish was almost better, even though obviously it's not great, you know, that, that she got shoot injured and fucked up. But the finish was almost better because of just how good the leg work and the selling was that it made sense that she fucked up the shooting stars, the, the shooter twice or not uh, the Phoenix splash twice, like back to back. She fucked up the first time so bad that she was like, I have to go back to do it again. So it looks legit. And then the second time she fucks it up in another way that was like busted up the mouth. It was so perfect. It played into the story of the match. It's almost impossible to be upset about the fucked up finish. Like you would normally be like, oh, you go right back to the move again. But like, it really worked in the context. Like, uh, God damn, it was so good. And yeah, the the aggression from Mina and again, the darker hair, maybe trying to be more like a heel, be more like aggressive and really play off of it really worked. And yeah, Mina, so good here. And we talked about it, but Mina winning the Wonder, the Wonder title would not, did not feel out of place here. And now, based on the story, did you see the tweet? I was like digging around and seeing it. Mina said, "Like her mouth is hurt. Obviously, well, it's nobody's you're, fault." You're, you're, Doesn't blame say, I, 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 pulled, I have her. I have her promo pulled up. If you want me to like yeah, read it? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She Perfect. says, yeah. "I'm clumsy, and I've never achieved anything brilliant like winning a tournament. All I can do is to struggle and still try my best to live life to the fullest. All my life, I've constantly endured and lived through hardships. And that's mostly what I remember about my life so far." I wonder how many times I shouted in my heart, just you wait and see. But I finally learned what it's like to see the light. That's why I call it the belt of hope. Kamatani, you've become a, you've become a Cinderella, defeated Tam for the white belt and achieved all my goals. The path I've taken may be nothing compared to what Kamatani has accomplished. I can't change the past, so I'll do everything I can to change the future. Now, the Shirakawa innovation begins... And the pro, and again, that's just the words, the way that she delivered it, and her mouth yes. all bloody. Oh my fucking god. yes, <laughs> yes, god damn it, yeah. And oh then, yeah, god. like I said, on her Twitter, she said basically, you know, about the injury. You know, accidents happen; it's nobody's fault. But Sarah, keep the title. I hope that Sarah keeps the title so that I can win it from her. So it's just like yes, off of the drama from the promo off of everything and then also that she needs to come back and not just win the title but beat Kamatani for the title and now she has to with the injury and with the story and with how great this match was she's got to win the title from Kamatani that's, the just, best. that's how it's got to go damn Stardom yes. is the best wrestling company in the world right now man like Jesus fucking <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not a question it's really at this point, I threw it out there last week last episode you know you know is it is it oh you know I kind of said it but I mean it's really not a question stardom is the best wrestling company in the world right now like AEW is fun but it has a bunch of bullshit <laughs> and other than that I don't know who really even comes in at number two no it's uh it's stardom it's stardom and the thing and the funny thing about it is like look at how we're raving about this Sherry versus Micah was really good Yes. That was really good. <laughs> yeah, this was, this was, that was a kick ass. I mean, I guess we should move on. This was a just a kick ass fucking brawl. Like, it was 
the story and the 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 relationship between the two was perfect. Micah the bruiser, Micah the brawler, Micah having the power, Shuri basically trying to to out technical her, like out kind of wrestle her. But the my biggest issue, and you know, this is it's tough because it's kind of the Shuri thing, is she's just a little bit too stoic. I feel like she dies a little bit too much and and her eyes just look completely like vacant and gone sometimes in a company. And it's tough because this is a company with so many amazing dynamic sellers that it's kind of it's such a it's such a glaring comp like kind of ah, I can't even think of like counterpoint, basically, uh, that it sometimes takes me out a little bit. But otherwise, I mean, the physicality here was insane the fucking dueling knuckle lock headbutt that was like a callback to the press conference where they did the same thing was like nuts but it comes down to again like that shuri is not going to give up even if she gets outpowered even if she gets outdone i like i love the detail where um micah has basically taken it to her and she can't keep her down even with her big move twice in a row so she tries to transition into like a a, a hold to just like choke her out but that's not gonna do it because again shuri is too too technically sound and she's just not gonna stay down and i just thought it was like yeah perfect storytelling for the the dynamic between the two phenomenal match but i still would go with kamatani and shurikawa like mina shurikawa as the better match but still a great match and again goes back into what you're getting from stardom is just fucking phenomenal we got the top three matches the top three titles insane Mayu and Alpha Female, unfortunate for what it was, right? But there was also a ton of other fun stuff on the undercard that you already mentioned. Mm, uh, that's it. That's it for me. Uh, I guess that uh, handles the wrestling portion of the podcast. We didn't. Sure. Get, we didn't. We didn't get to Brazilian elections. But maybe we'll. we'll no. Maybe we will next time. Viva livre. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I can say. I mean. It's great. It's fun that Bolsonaro has just like gone back into his cave. But yeah, we'll we'll get deep into it next time. We have to do. A, we have to do. A, you know, they got rid of Bolsonaro, but we got to deal with a fascist girl boss uh, in oh. Italy. For uh, yes. So. <laughs> uh. Um. Uh. You can follow Tim at Bone Dog's Wife. You can follow me at QT underscore Moody. Uh, you can follow the podcast network at WDKWPN. And if you're feeling as so kind to, you could donate to us on coffee. And you could fund our trip to to Brazil to pers- to personally uh, kick out every single uh, Bolsonaro voter. Uh, and we can start another, uh, I don't know, like whenever like the rich Venezuelans and Cubans leave. And, <laughs> like, we, we, like, we, like, we could just do that in all the rich... We, we could kickstart off all the rich Brazilians, uh, conservative, conservative reactionary people coming over, and now Brazil, Brazil is a um, is a is a communist terror state. So we could uh, kick that off. You hear that green wall? We're coming for you. <laughs> uh, well, thank you all for listening, and hope you hear next time.